It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Let's break down some detailed contract proposals for Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and take a look at the Bengals cap picture for 2023. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined by Andre Perota at Andre Perota13 on Twitter to break down some contract ideas in the Bengals salary cap and spending picture for 2023. You can find Lockdown Bengals anywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube, and you can hit the subscribe button on YouTube and follow anywhere you get your podcast. We're delivered to your devices first thing when we upload our content every day. And as always, you can join that first listen club. I'm going to keep asking you to do it with the many, I'm assuming, thousands of other Bengals fans who do the same thing every day. Guys, let's talk contracts. Joe Burrow contract extension. We, we've talked a little bit about it this week. We want to talk about how it's going to fit into the Bengals cap and spending picture in general. And our friend Andre Perota, if you don't know him, find him on Twitter, like I said, at Andre Perota 13 does a great job of putting together very realistic and fairly accurate contract projections as the Bengals try to re-sign their own. He's been doing that for a long time, doing a great job keeping track of the Bengals' spending and cap habits. And when I have questions about the cap, I tend to go to Andre. So, Andre, let's talk Joe Burrow contract. James wants to lock him up for 10 years. What do you think? Ten. What are the Bengals going for? Andre, you better agree. No, I'm just kidding. I, well, we're off to a, a good start because I am in full <laughs> agreement with you, James, on, on the length there. First of all, thanks again for having me on, Jake and James. Love the show. Uh, so it's always an honor and a pleasure to, to join you guys, especially talking about uh, the stuff I love talking about, contracts and the salary cap and all the good stuff. Uh, yeah, so Joe Corey has a has a projection there. I think you guys touched on that in, in a couple of previous shows. But uh, for the projection that I, I've come up with with Joe Burrow, I actually have him for an eight-year extension for a t- for the extension value is $408 million. Uh, but since he's technically under contract for this upcoming 2023 season, and he'll be under contract via the fifth-year option, which will be exercised before May the 2nd, um, that eight-year extension actually turns the contract total years into a 10-year deal. So I'm right there with you, James, that I think the Bengals will, will want to do that longer-term extension just to lock him up. There's no, There are no more questions with Joe Burrow. He is the franchise. He will be the franchise. And barring anything catastrophic from an injury perspective, he, he'll be the quarterback uh, until he doesn't want to be the quarterback anymore. And so I think the Bengals will want to get a longer-term extension. There's some talk about maybe the players wanting a three- to five-year extension because the cap is going to continue to increase. But I think the Bengals will want to, you know, maybe they'll concede a little bit. We'll talk about the structure. I think they'll concede. They'll deviate from their standard structure. Uh, but in, in exchange for doing so, I think they'll want to lock him up long term. So an eight-year extension puts him under contract for 10 total years. So I'm, I'm right there with you, James. The the structure aspect of this is 
really interesting, right? Because I think we all agree 50 million, you, you start there and your projection, we were talking about it before we started 51 million, it'll be in that range, right? Yeah. Whatever it is, but the structure aspect, you mentioned that they may deviate from what they normally do. And we know about the Bengals and guaranteed money. And obviously quarterbacks get a heck of a lot of guaranteed money. Deshaun Watson got all of the guaranteed right. money. And the other thing we, we look at and we have looked at and talked about on this show is the Mahomes deal and the rolling guarantees. Mm -hmm. So can you explain what you anticipate structure-wise this to look like? Because I think that's the biggest question here. Everyone pretty much assumes a deal is going to get done, but what do you think it's going to look like from a structure standpoint? Yeah, that is the, the most important aspect of this deal is what it's, it's going to look like. Because from an AAV perspective, an APY perspective, it's going to be north of 50. My projection of an eight-year, $408 million extension turns out it, that averages to, to 51 million AAV. So from an AAV perspective, it would make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, in NFL history. Now, of course, you have and to that's average. That's average annual value. They, yeah, people. average annual or APY, however you want to phrase it. But um, so from that perspective, he's, he'd be the highest. Then, of course, you have Lamar's deal. If Lamar, um, well, he may, may get again, but I doubt that I, may be prohibitive for the Ravens cap. So whether the Ravens sign him or he hits the market, another team signs him. You know, you're going to want to get the Burrow deal done soon or sooner rather than later because Lamar may beat that uh, or, or may you know exceed well over fifty, and then you have Justin Herbert who's up for an extension too. But to the question specifically regarding structure generally the Bengals will give somebody a, a big a, you know a decent signing bonus a good signing bonus but then they'll also put a year one roster bonus and then usually a year two roster bonus into those contracts Trey Hendrickson has that um I believe DJ Reader had that as well DJ Reader may not have had a year one roster bonus but the, the reason I think they deviate a little from that is once you give out those roster bonuses unless they're fully guaranteed at signing those count for the cap in that year, the roster bonus bonus is earned. So for me, and we'll talk about these other extensions potentially for T and then next year for Jamar, you want to keep that core together. And so you have to structure this deal in a way that gives Joe his cash right away, enough cash to warrant Joe and his camp to agree to that deal, but also keep the first couple of year cap hits kind of low uh, in order to fit some of these other bigger contracts in this year and then next year and then on down the line through the length of a Burroughs deal. But of course, his cap hits will, will rise as the deal goes through. So I think one way, and uh, you know, I, I've shared this, this the actual proposal, and I can, I'll, I, I'll tweet it out later on as well. One way I think the Bengals can do this is by doing what other teams have done. The Bills have done this with Josh Allen. You guys mentioned the rolling guarantees, but what I'm talking about specifically is something called an option bonus, a fully guaranteed option bonus, which essentially for purposes of the salary cap and salary cap accounting, if, a, if an option bonus is fully guaranteed, it's treated just like a signing bonus for proration purposes. So you can give the player the cash in that year, but the cap accounting, it only accounts for a certain uh, portion of that total value. You can actually prorate it or divide it over a maximum of five years. And so my structure entails a really large, we'll, we'll talk about the funding issue too and the escrow amount as well, because that's going to be baked in this entire equation too. So I think the way for the Bengals to achieve locking Joe up long term, but then also fitting in these other pieces of the pie with these other high end players is to offer Joe a big signing bonus. And I in my projection, I, I volunteered maybe even a 60 million dollar signing bonus, which would be the second highest signing bonus in NFL history. Second only behind Dak, 66 million. The way that ends up working out is you can divide that 60 million dollar signing bonus through the first five years. You can prorate that. And then you actually just give Joe 
from a base salary perspective, the league minimum for a per, for a player at his um, number of seasons, which is just over a million dollars this year. So he gets a, a measly $1 million base salary, but he gets a $60 million signing bonus. So his year one cash is actually $61 million. I think that's enough of an inducement to get Joe and his camp to sign the deal. We'll talk about the guarantees coming up too, uh, and then sign that length of the deal. But his cap hit in that, in my proposal for 2023 actually ends up being just under $19 million. It ends up being $18.98 million. He's currently on the books already for $11.5 million for a cap hit. So this is only about a $7.5 million increase on the 2023 cap hit. Uh, and so I think the option bonus, you'll, you'll likely see it because if they if they revert back to their norm of giving a big roster or a big signing bonus and then giving a year one roster bonus, that year one roster bonus, if it's sizable enough, is going to be hitting the 2023 cap. So that 2023 cap number is going to increase. And so you want to create something where you give them the signing bonus. And then I actually have two option bonuses. The option bonus really just, it, it adds one year onto the, the, con, the, the second to last year onto the contract. And then the second option bonus adds the final year of the contract. The Bengals, of course, are going to exercise the option too. If they don't exercise it, you can have a non-exercise fee. So Joe gets his money anyway. But the option bonus just, it's a formality, right? But it's a way to kind of work the cap um, because it's a provision of the CBA that allows option bonuses to be treated as signing bonuses. So he gets the high AAV, he gets high year one cash. That year one cash of $61 million is the second highest year one cash, again, only behind Dak, but it's more year one cash than Deshaun. It's more year one cash than Russell Wilson. It's more year one cash than Kyler Murray. All these guys who have reached Aaron Rodgers even, who have recently signed massive extensions in the quarterback market one final thing i'll mention apologies for the length here but the escrow issue always comes oh do the Bengals have enough money to, to put into escrow so under my proposal again eight years 408 million dollar the extension value when you add in the two years he's already under contract and again the fifth year option is about 29 and a half million and that the total value of the contract ends up being 447 million divided by 10 years uh, because he's under contract for 10 years now the $60 million signing bonus that I have proposed, that doesn't need to be escrowed. In fact, you could pay it out in, in, in installments over the course of 12 months. You can give him $30 million the, at the day he signs it, and then you can give him $15 million a month from after that, and then $15 million before the start of the season. That money does not have to be escrowed. That's just fully guaranteed signing bonus money, and you can structure the payments as installments over the course of 12 months. So if you, my total contract value is $408 million on the extension, year, extension years, then I have them guaranteeing $142 million, to, fully guaranteed. That's the, high, that's the second highest fully guaranteed, obviously behind Deshaun. But then you talk about the Mahomes deal with the rolling guarantees. I actually have the total guarantees more than Deshaun. It's about $240 million in total guarantees. Yeah. You get to that with the rolling guarantees. Well, those will vest two years before. But I'll talk specifically now about the escrow. So $142 million in change, fully guaranteed at signing. Remember, $60 million, we're talking my proposal here, $60 million is in the signing bonus. So that leaves a roughly about $82 million that's still fully guaranteed on that deal, future fully guaranteed money. The escrow provision applies only to fully guaranteed amounts. So that's that $82 million after you account for the $60 million of the signing bonus. But there's also a 50 Hey, Andre. Million. Yeah. This is, this is a perfect time escrow wise now you have to hang around and uh and we'll talk about the escrow aspect of this how much cash 
Pejo Stadium, all of the, the naming rights uh, get to go to uh, that escrow account. We'll do that coming up next. But today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, as Jake mentioned at the top of the show. And as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. We're going to talk about how Joe Burrow can keep Jamar Chase or help keep Jamar Chase and T. Higgins around with the structure. Well, you don't want to waste your time with LinkedIn Jobs. You want to work with the right people. And the way to do that is by going to LinkedIn Jobs and identifying the most qualified candidates and connect the, with them fast and free. They have 875 million member profiles. That's more than Joe Burrow is going to make with his next contract, believe it or not. There aren't many numbers that are above that, but LinkedIn Jobs, their member profiles are. So make sure you check them out right now at LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So we're talking escrow money at this point of the show, which is always a topic of conversation for the Cincinnati Bengals and is why that they've earned extra money through selling naming rights to the stadium and accepting a number of other sponsorships this year. We're talking about a number of $82 million that the Bengals will need to figure out in portion, depending on exceptions, to pony up right up front. If we're talking 142 fully guaranteed assigning, which is Again, in line with what we talked about, James, earlier this week when we first explored the Joe Burrow contract extension insofar as he needed to get more in total guarantees at the time of signing, in our opinion, be surprising otherwise, than Russell Wilson did and Kyler Murray did in the most recent quarterback contract. So, Andre, how do the Bengals figure out how to get another $82 million in addition to the $60 million, in addition to all the other money that they might have to pay this year, squirreled away for Joe Burrow? given the total guarantees at the time of signing. Yep. So you're right. This These total guarantees in my proposal would be 140 and change. 142, it's 142,635,000. Again, you take out the $60 million signing bonus in my proposal, so that leaves 82. But remember, there's a provision for fun, the funding rule actually has a $15 million deductible. So you would deduct $15 million from that 82. So now the funding is only, only I say, $67 million. Now, that's a $67 million check the Bengals will have to, 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 to write and, and, and shovel into escrow uh, to cover those future fully guaranteed amounts. Uh, and I apologize if I've stated this before, but that fully guaranteed amount is only behind Deshaun's 230. But my total guarantees with the rolling, with the rolling vesting uh, that we talked about will exceed that. So how do they get the $67 million? Because remember, 
142 minus the 60 signing bonus is 82 minus the $15 deductible is 67. Remember when Joe Burrow was drafted, the Bengals as the first, number one pick in the draft, you get a massive signing bonus. That signing bonus in 2020, mm-hmm. which was at, right at the height of COVID, and they knew the stadiums were likely going to be empty those years, that, that year revenues were going to be down. They had to cut him a $24 million signing bonus check. Now, they paid that out in installments like I'm proposing them to do for the $60 million. But the, the, the point I'm trying to make is the NFL is really uh, – th- these are some some booming years for the NFL and revenue. We saw the cap go up to 224.8, the unadjusted cap. So, you know, $67 million, could the Bengals cut that check? I think they do. I mean, obviously they're not as wealthy as some of the the, the, the bigger owners, you know, the Jerry Joneses, the Shot Cons. But the Bengals are – you know, it's a, it's a billion-dollar franchise from a valuation perspective. They don't have that cash on hand. But I do think they have – well uh, in, in, in excess of $67 million that they can write that check to put it into escrow to fund the, the remaining portion of Joe Burrow's fully guaranteed amount in my proposal. And that gets to more than half of the total contract for total guarantees being guaranteed, which is a very high number compared to uh, other non-franchise deals yep. and non-Deshaun Watson deals in the NFL, especially when you get to anything of significant size. Uh, a lot of the, the bigger guarantees for quarterbacks anyway, like Carson Wentz, 52%, Matt Ryan, 63%, Dak Prescott, 60%. So you're getting pretty close to those numbers. So a lot there to like and doable yeah, is, is the important thing for the Bengals here. And I do have one follow-up question just about that escrow uh, exception, that $15 million exception. That is per year? Or is that per contract? That is per year, correct? So if they use $15 million of that exception on the borough contract, then any other guarantees would have to be fully escrowed? Correct. It's total amount of any future guaranteed contracts. So any future guaranteed amounts for any contract. So we can talk about the T extension. So it's the total amount that any club owes in future fully guaranteed money. That Then you take that amount, you deduct $15 million as the deductible, and then right. that amount has to be escrowed. So that's a great question. Um, but to the point about the overall guarantee, so 142, and I just want to stress this point, 142 is the fully guaranteed amount. And that's about just under 39%. And you were ma- raising the percentages of the total guarantees. The total guarantees are achieved via these rolling guarantees, meaning mm-hmm. if he's on the roster the first day of the 2025 season, then his 2027 salary and 2027 op- or roster bonus, as I've proposed, fully guarantee at that date. So two years before. That's what Mahomes has done. Uh, I think Josh Allen has that similar type of structure. Um, and, and so I, I think that's a good way to structure it to keep the first year cap hits low, but those total guarantees ends up being about 240, which is more than Deshaun. Remember Deshaun signed 230. So these total guarantees, this will be the highest totally guaranteed to a quarterback. Um, and, and I think that's more than, more than a failed deal. That ends up being about 58%. You were mentioning those numbers for Dak and other quarterbacks around 60. So I think that's in line with other massive quarterback extensions as well. Andre, let's uh, talk about T. Higgins, and and we talked about him earlier this week. There was a lot of smoke about, oh, should they trade him, should they not? And it was internet smoke, not real smoke. So fake, whatever, false alarm, whatever you want to say. Smoke machine smoke, no fire there. Yeah. um, Regardless, someone pulled the fire alarm, and we tried to put it out on this show. If you had to guess how a a deal would would look, an extension would look, would this be sort of the opposite of, of Burrow, where they go shorter term, like some of these receivers have gone? Do you think it would be traditional? What, what do you think it would look like for a potential T. Higgins extension? Yeah, great question. I do think that it will be shorter than Joe. I don't think they're going to want to lock up T. Uh, eight years uh, for a total of nine contract years because he does have one year left. 
and they could potentially franchise him too, but I think they want to avoid that. Um, but I think a, a, like a four-year extension, I proposed four years, 95 million on a base value with the potential with incentives to get up to 100 million. So 95 million over four extension years, that actually ends up being just under eight, 98 million because he's under contract this year for five total years. So T would be under contract under my four-year extension proposal for five years. The difference Doe, Burrow, and T. Higgins extensions is T. Higgins is likely going to revert more to the traditional contract structure with the Bengals. I do think they'd be willing to offer some guarantees, though, outside of the signing bonus. Um, but I do not think the T. Higgins extension will contain any type of option bonus that the Joe Burrow uh, uh, contract likely or, or, or may have, at least based on my proposal. In fact, my proposal for Burrow has two option bonuses just to keep the first three-year cap hits uh, pretty reasonable there before they balloon up with the expected rise of the cap. So T Higgins is likely, I, I think four years, 95 million. That's averaged that averages out on the extension years to 23.75 million, just under, I think Terry McLaurin, who's the uh, uh, commander's mm-hmm. number one receiver. And that's ninth overall in terms of highest um, average annual value that T if he, if he signed that extension that I'm proposing 95 million over four years, 23, 0.75 million on average AAV that puts him number nine, right? Until Jamar and, and some other receivers get extended, but that's a top 10 receiver money. T considers himself a number one receiver. I think if Jamar weren't here, T would, would totally have established himself that I think he, the Bengals have one and one a right. And so I think that's right in line with, with wide receiver uh, number one money. Uh, the Bengals I, in my proposal, I have a massive signing bonus for him, not as big as the $60 million for Joe, but a $25 million signing bonus. Mm. Um, and then a very modest base salary, uh, about three and a half million, because my idea with T is to pay him essentially in year one of the extension, an amount that would be equal to what he's already earning now, which is just under 3 million. He's scheduled to earn $2.99 million this year, 2.933. And then if they don't agree to an extension, the franchise tag value for next year, based on cap projections is scheduled to be around 24 and a half million or 25 million. So let's just call it 25 on the wide receiver franchise tag next year. You add 25 plus T's going to earn about 3 million, call it. If he doesn't sign an extension, T is in line if they franchise him to earn $28 million in cash over two years. So I've structured my deal with let's knock out as much as T's going to earn over those first two years. Let's give it to him in one year. That's enough inducement for David Mulligetta and T to say, hey, I'll sign this deal because I'm going to make in one year what I'd likely make in two years if I don't agree to this extension and they tag me. So I have and- T. Importantly, twenty nine million in year one, but his cap hit only under ten million. His and his cap hit is already scheduled to be a little over three, and so if his cap hit under my proposal is about nine point nine million, and so that's really just a, a, a net of uh, six million dollars that you're adding to the cap. Um, and Andre, I'm going to cut you off real quick. Importantly, what this does is it makes the cap tenable, right? And it keeps the cap space, including both of these contracts workable as they try to put together a full roster. And so everyone who's talking about, can they pay everyone? Well, let's talk about that question. And the the contracts, of course, Andre will make available when he's ready to publish them on his Twitter page at Andre Perota 13. And you can take a look at the details there. But let's talk about how the overall picture fits in with T. Higgins and Joe Burrow under contract to finish up the show next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. We couldn't be more excited to have partnered with FanDuel in just the right time where you're looking for props, 
odds. Maybe you want to take the Eagles straight up. Maybe you think that Jarek McKinnon's going to have a big day or Miles Sanders is going to have a big day. There are so many different ways to wager on Super Bowl 57 with FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use, and best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. What's a no-sweat first bet? Well, it's simple. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So if you're wondering, ah, should you do it, should you not? Absolutely. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, we've talked a little bit about the T. Higgins money, about the Joe Burrow money, about Jamar Chase. Well, we haven't talked about Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase saying that Joe Burrow is ready to structure his deal to keep his weapons around, and he will eventually be extended, of course, as well. Won't have time to get into all the details there around Jamar Chase's extension, but needless to say, the cap hits for all of these guys together may only coincide for one or two years at a high level. And at that point in time, well, the cap is going to be much higher. And and that's part of why it's imperative to get these deals done as soon as possible. Even if Joe Burrow says, hey, maybe I want to wait. Well, that's why you give him $60 million as a signing bonus. That's why you give T. Higgins the $29 million in year one cash to incentivize those guys to take those deals now, put that money in the bank, and, and then you see the cap go up and the cap numbers become doable. So, Andre, let's talk about the Bengals' overall cap health and cash health in 2023 because in 2022 as we've noted on this show kind of as a as a footnote the Bengals did not spend in terms of a cash to cap ratio what we've gotten used to them doing they were well under the cap in terms of cash spends of course putting money away to extend Joe Burrow when you forecast this offseason we talk about free agents like Jermaine Pratt and Von Bell and some other guys coming up on this team and external free agents that the Bengals might want to add in addition to these extensions, what kind of wiggle room do the Bengals have, in your opinion, to play in that free agent market? Uh, they'll have some. That's a great question. They'll have some wiggle room, but frankly, uh, they have a lot of cap space. They have just OTC over the cap has them just under $36 million, depending on what site you choose to look at. I think they're fourth or fifth highest in the league, so the cap room won't be problematic. Uh and to your point, James, I, I have the Bengals uh, for a cash or Jake. I have the Bengals as uh, from a cash spend perspective last season, when the cap, the unadjusted cap was two hundred eight point two million. I had them as only spending just under one hundred ninety three million. So uh, that, that's a large delta there. But I think it was strategic in, in doing so. That ends up being about ninety two percent of the uh, of the of the cap spending uh, in proportion to the cap, uh, the, the cash to cap ratio, as you've alluded to. Um, so that was on the low end. That was one of their lowest cash spends in, in quite some time as a percentage of the unadjusted cap. I think, like I said, it was strategic because they're, they're trying to swirl some money away for these high-end extensions. Uh, but I think that's really going to flip this year in terms of the cash spend. I think the cash spend 
is going to well exceed the cap. Um, and of course, with proration, you'll, you'll be fine from a cap perspective. Uh, but it does leave the question of then how much more cash are they willing to dish out on the free agent market, even for their own uh, upcoming free agents, people that are not under contract, guys like Samaji Pirine and Von Bell, and I think Jesse Bates is gone, but Jermaine Pratt. I'll talk about those those players specifically. Um, but so I think we're going to see the Bengals highly exceeding the cap. Just using my proposal, six, they're, they're currently online to spend right now about $150 million in cash spend, just as it, the current contracts, right? Uh, a lot of those aren't guaranteed, like Devin Asiasi is over a million. If the Bengals draft a tight end and re-sign a couple of their own, Asiasi may be cut after camp. So there's a million dollars that comes off. So a lot of these are going to be offset. But they're currently scheduled to, to spend around 150. Well, you give Joe Burrow $60 million as a signing bonus. Now you're at 210 already. Mm-hmm. And you give T. Higgins another $25 million that I think is enough to induce him to sign a, a four-year extension. Now you're at 235. You're already exceeding the unadjusted cap. So I think you're going to, but the Bengals did this, I think in 2014 or 2015 when they extended Dalton and they had a couple other high-end players, they went well over the cap in terms of a cash spend. So I think you'll see that happen just based on the T, hopefully T, but definitely the the Burrow extension as well. So where does that leave other guys? Uh, There may not be a lot of cash for some other guys, just to be honest, right? Like Jermaine Pratt, Jermaine Pratt is incredibly valuable, but that value came on a rookie deal. So if he signs a Jerome Baker, who's a linebacker in Miami, a $12 million and a half, a twelve and a half million dollar AAV deal, is that value the same now? Like, cause you're paying him that much more and it's an off the ball linebacker. And I love playoff P I love Jermaine Pratt. You know, those comments mm-hmm. after the AFC championship game may have sealed his fate a little bit, but there may not be enough to keep him around. I think there, there's enough to get like Von Bell on another three-year deal. Um, but you're going to lose some guys, right? I think Jesse Bates is a foregone conclusion. He's gone. Um, But but I think if the Bengals – so I'll preface this by saying this. The Bengals really did a great job of identifying some high-end and some really mid-level talent that have been phenomenal contributors. You think of 2020 and DJ Reader and Von Bell. 2021 was the secondary. Cheeto, Mike Hilton, I think Eli Apple, his first one-year deal came that year. Trey Henderson was the big prize that year. And then last year was the O-line, right? I remember our conversation a year ago. I said, looking at their cash spend, I said, they're going to spend it and it's going to be on the O-line and they signed three starting O-linemen. So to your question, I think they may lose Jermaine Pratt. If he's asking, if he gets to the open market, you have multiple teams bidding on him. I think that's something they may be willing to walk away in exchange for being able to lock up Joe and T and then leaving room to get Jamar done next summer too. So if they are going to play in the free agent pool, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they revert back to players that are cut. Because when you sign your quarterback to this massive extension, even in this Joe Burrow proposal where this his massive cap hits won't come for another couple of years, you really need to build through the draft. I think Joe Goodberry tweeted something out today about the Chiefs doing just that today. And the Bengals have, have, have had some nice draft classes coming along. But the reason I say for some of those cut players is because then that factors into – it doesn't factor into the comp picks, right? So if they lose mm-hmm. Pratt, if they lose Bates – those are comp picks that you can now gobble up and, and feed the bottom of your roster that you're going to need to, to supplement – uh, a roster that's going to be filled now with some high-end talent and high, highly compensated talent. So long-winded answer, I apologize, but one player in one maybe position I could see them maybe going on the market um, is, and I know Cordell Olson had a, a decent year for a rookie, but maybe a player like Isaac Samolo for uh, the left guard or the guard for Philadelphia. He's played all guard, both guard positions. You could plug him in at left guard. And now he's, he's not a player coming off his rookie deal, but he's a Ted Karras type player, right? He's going to enter his age 29 season. And if he could be had for that type of deal, like a Ted Karras type deal, you know, three years, 18 million, somewhere in the six to eight million APY range, 
I think that's something that the Bengals may consider because, again, it all falls into protecting your highest asset, which is Joe Burrow, right? And so, frankly, if I had to guess, I don't think the Bengals will sign a lot of external free agents. I really don't. Um, one, they are going to be restricted by the cash, right? How much cash they're willing to spend over the cap. From a cap perspective, they'll be fine. But I really think the outside free agents, the heavy lifting was done the last three off seasons. And now it's time to really, you've drafted well, you got superstar players. Now it's time to reward your own. So if they dabble a little bit in outside free agency and maybe for a lineman and maybe for a secondary player, like a Juan Thornhill, if, if we lose both Bates and, and Von Bell, um, you know, I could see maybe a D lineman, but the defensive line is highly compensated. All four starters are averaging over 10 million on an AAV basis. Um, and I think they like their depth there and some of the young guys like Zach Carter to develop. So we'll see there. I, I think we can always use some added interior pressure, but um, I, I really see because those, at least on my proposals, and I think it's going to happen close to those proposals where they're going to be giving out large signing bonuses to Joe and likely, hopefully T and that'll eat up a lot of their, what they are willing to spend in terms of cash. And One so guy you do. What they do on the, on the open market, frankly, but look at the roster. Their roster is pretty healthy. There's no glaring weakness on this roster, even with all these guys up in free agency. One guy you didn't mention, and I just feel listeners wanting to know because of his golden locks and Hercules-like build and ability to fire up the crowd. You think Hayden Hurst is on another team come March 20th? Uh, great question. I didn't mention him I, just because I don't not because I don't think he'll be back or will be back. I, I forgot about Hayden, but I think Hayden could be had. I think that he'll probably sign a modest deal. He signed for three and a half million on a one year deal. Did he do much to earn more than that? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I like Hayden Hurst, so I think if he's comfortable coming back in that similar range, he can maybe adjust it for the increase in cap. But so maybe like a four and a half million dollar deal. I think that could be had. I think that's not cost prohibitive in any in any sense. I think a Hayden Hurst re-signing. Uh, could happen because I think Hayden kind of wants to be here too. So agreed. Projected at nine million by Brad Spielberger. I love Brad. Uh, it, I, I love Brad. He's, tight end market looks weird. That's all yeah, I'm gonna he, say. We'll see what more, happens with tight ends. He's more right. He's more often right than he is wrong. And Brad, when he is wrong, he's not wrong by or off by a lot. So I, yeah. I, I I'm not dis- disputing that, but I, I think that may be a little high for for Hayden because the high the tight end market I think is going to be pretty saturated. Guys like we'll Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram. Um, yeah. Some, so you got some good players on the on the tight end market that, that are set to hit free agency. One last thing I will say to create some additional cash and cap, I don't think Joe Mixon's going to be cut. Like If I were running the team, I think that discussion would probably be more serious than the Bengals are likely to have now because I think they, they like Joe, what he brings, regardless of the off-the-field incident that happened last week, even though the charge was dismissed, obviously. What I would do with Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon is on the books for $12 million in terms of cap, but for cash, he's scheduled to earn $10.1 million. I would go to Joe and say, Joe, if we cut you, you're likely not going to get 10 million on the open market. The, the, I mentioned the tight end market, but the running back market's also saturated. I would just propose to Joe, we're going to give you a $4 million pay cut. We're going to give your, make your salary 10 million and we're going to reduce it to six. You can earn that 4 million that we're taking off back in incentives, right? Not likely to be earned. So they don't count against the cap. So you say, if you get eight rushing touchdowns, we'll give you 2 million. He had seven last year. So it doesn't count against the cap. If you get 815 rushing yards, you get your other 2 million. So you get you're made whole again at 10 million. I think he had 814 rushing yards this year because he missed some games due to uh, that concussion that he suffered. So I think Joe may be agreeable to that um, and say, Hey, if he's not, then, Hey, we may think about cutting you. And he may kind of force the Bengals hands and kind of call their bluff. But I would approach Joe just with a standard, not a restructure, just a pay cut. Say, we like you, mm-hmm. Joe, but we kind of want to fit Samaji back in maybe on another two year, $2 million deal again. And just say, approach Joe, say, Hey, you can make this back up. And if you stay healthy, you're likely going to hit these incentives anyway. They, 
good for us. They won't count against the cap because they're considered not likely to be earned. But I think that's one way to clear up $4 million in both cash and cap. Look at that. Joe, million, Joe Mixon, uh pay reduction. I love that idea. I don't know if he would go for it, but I mean, if he is healthy, you're right. He'll hit him. But if yeah. they're not likely to be earned, look at that. That's why we have you on, Andre. That, that, that's genius. It's so outside the box thinking that we're looking for. But I do think that another big takeaway for me in this conversation is that they are going to be cash strapped. The cap might look like it has space when yeah. free agency rolls around. They might have, I don't know, $15 million of cap space, $17, $18 million of cap space, maybe even a little bit more if they get a little creative. But they might not use all of that cap space. Last year, we saw them use all their cap space and not spend all that money. And they'll probably end up structuring these deals to put cap hits into this year up to a point where they're comfortable because they're not going to use it on other players because they're going to spend all that cash. But it does sound like they will be potentially, we don't know how much money they've brought in over the last couple of years, a little bit handcuffed in terms of how they're going to play in the bigger free agent pool. James looked like you wanted to add something there. No, no. not at all. all. Right. I, I think I think we've added plenty. Andre, you've killed it. Make sure you follow him at Andre Prada, A-N-D-R-E-P-E-R-R-O-T-T-A-13 on Twitter. Must follow for Bengals fans or, or people that want to know about the cap. And we'll see those contract projections from him soon as well, as he mentioned earlier, in addition to just being a great resource for all of your cap questions because it's a confusing topic. And a lot of people talk about it without knowing what they're talking about. And that's why we have Andre on because he does know what he's talking about tomorrow we're joined by mike santag and we're going to dive into the all together 2022 film takeaways for the bengals and one big topic is how can they get more explosive in 2023 until next time bengals fans thanks for listening to the lockdown bengals podcast who day and have a good one hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.